Hallelujah. Come on, right where you are, lift up your voice, lift up your hands. Come on, there's nobody like Jesus. Come on, he is great and greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All of heaven and earth proclaims the greatness of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, God, all of it shows your handiwork. God, you are worthy of praise. God, you are worthy of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning over to the book of Mark chapter 5 and verse number 22. Hallelujah. David would say, when I consider the works of your hands, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? All I got to do is just look around at all of God's beautiful creation, and it just, it leaves me amazed at how powerful he is. And yet, with how powerful God is, that he would still pay attention to you and I as is nothing short of amazing and I give him praise for that mark chapter 5 and verse number 22 thankful for the the team here that's been able to help serve you and uh, serve God to produce a live stream and uh, and thankful to be in this generation when we are able to do that and uh, be blessed by even though it's not the same as being in person. There's nothing that will ever compare to being in person and gathering together in that respect. But being able to gather together uh, electronically has been a blessing in this season. And we give, we give praise to God and we give thanks to those that have helped make it a reality. Mark chapter 5 and verse 22. I feel like God laid something on my heart for, uh, for somebody here today. And I hope it's a blessing to you. The Bible says, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, touched his garment, for she said, If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee, and sayest thou who touched me? And he looked round about to see her that had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. 
the book of Luke would mirror this story, but it would give a little more detail that Jairus' daughter was 12 years old. And this woman had an issue of blood 12 years. And the Bible says that she crawled through the crowd and touched the hem of his garment, saying to herself, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. And she was made whole from that very moment. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject, divine interruption, divine interruption. I wonder right where you are, if you could set down your Bibles and lift up your hands and your voice, and let's pray. Come on, let's pray for divine interruption here today, right where you are. Let's pray that, that, that something would begin to transpire in your life and in your situation right where you are. Come on, I pray in the name of Jesus that it would begin to change, that there would be, amen, a shift in your season. Hallelujah, that it would go maybe from winter to summer, God, that it would begin to change and things would begin to transform for the better, God. Hallelujah, that though there's been a season where you might have grown worse and worse and worse, I'm praying there's going to come a moment where you get better and you never get worse. Hallelujah. I praise you, Jesus, and I give you glory. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. In Jesus' name, divine interruption. We have all been taught throughout our lives that it is rude to interrupt. We've been taught you need to learn how to wait your turn. I know that for many of us, it is a huge pet peeve to be in the middle of a conversation or a phrase or a statement and be interrupted. Uh, nobody likes that. And, and, uh, and those that are used to interrupting, uh, let me just preach a word to you. That is rude. <laughs> let me just tell you that it is rude. I, I got some amens already. Uh, it, it is very rude, and th those people that like to interrupt, uh, typically they struggle socially. Uh, they are socially awkward. I know that 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 is that that is sometimes the case for myself. I'm socially awkward, but uh, the the people that that don't understand social cues and social norms that somebody else is conveying a message, somebody else is speaking. Uh, that you need to wait your turn. Either they are socially uh, awkward or they have not been trained properly by their parents. And, and anytime you see a kid that runs up in the middle of adults talking and they, they just get in the middle and they want everybody's attention, uh, we would all say, man, that kid needs to get spanked. That kid needs better parents. Uh, we blame the parents for the kid's actions. But uh, that's just really how kids are. They just... They think that what they've got going on is the most important thing, and they've got to let it out. The impact of interruptions cannot be overstated. They, they kill our momentum. And when we start again on our task, we can't simply pick up where we left off because there's interruptions in conversation, but then there's interruptions in work, and there's interruptions of thought. 
and there's interruptions that come in the middle of a task and we we have a trouble as as people i think it's just in the way that we were created that we we can be so focused and we can be so intent that we 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 just dive in and we hone in on something and we cannot be we cannot be shaken from it but when an interruption comes it causes us to have to try and reorient ourselves to try and reimmerse ourselves we try desperately we grasp at trying to regain our momentum the length of our recovery time it depends on the complexity of our task the UC Berkeley uh, had done a study and they they said that that reorienting yourself and getting back on task depends on how complex the situation was that you were dealing with ranging anywhere from eight minutes for simpler tasks or 25 minutes for complex ones this idea that once interrupted you can spend anywhere from eight minutes to 25 minutes trying to get refocused and back on task amen cannot be understated it's something that you maybe had been so focused on and so intent on that now you were interrupted and that interruption could have taken 30 seconds five minutes one minute but it's not just the interruption that takes your time it's now trying to reorient yourself that takes time uh, needless to say interruptions bother everybody interruptions are not something uh, that we enjoy interruptions have been studied throughout history in the past with focus on their negative aspects and their negative effects although these are true there are many types of interruption that cause a break in task they cause uh, interruption that that stops because what is to be communicated is more important than the task that somebody is on although interruptions can be seen as a negative and for most of us they are negative there is another side of this that some interruptions have been deemed welcomed interruptions some interruptions have been deemed as being more important than what I was currently focusing on we can all think through our lives of times and moments where an interruption was very welcome where we were going down a train of thought that maybe was not as important or a train of thought that was not as healthy or conducive to our life and something shook us out of it I can think of times where where maybe you go through times where it gets dark and there is a moment of, of, of sadness or depression and you begin to fall into your thoughts and all of a sudden something comes by a light and a ray of hope and it shakes you out of that thinking and it reminds you I can think of times for myself uh, where I was going through struggles and I was going through trouble 
And I started thinking lower and lower and lower. And my train of thought could not be shaken. But all of a sudden, it seemed like God came by. And he divinely interrupted my thought process. Amen. And all of the negativity that I was thinking, all of a sudden, God interrupted my thoughts with a praise. And God interrupted my thoughts with a what could have been and what should have been. And God interrupted my thoughts and reminded me where all of the things that I had been through and all the things that I had come through. And God began to reshape. Amen. He began to redirect. He began to reorient my train of thought. I thank God for moments like that where he interrupted me. Amen. Interrupting is a part of the human condition. We learned it somewhere. I can't say it was from a parent or a grandparent. It's something that comes in our nature. And I want to tell you that interrupting is something that we got from God. When we were created in the likeness and the image of God, amen, we were created in His likeness. It was something that as we study Scripture, we find uh, that interrupting is part of our divine nature, if you will. We can find in our Bible, there was a young man by the name of Jacob who has learned all his life uh, to lie, cheat, and steal. That when it didn't work out and he could no longer lie his way out, he could no longer cheat or steal his way out, his first idea is I'm going to run from my problems. I'm going to run from my troubles. If I can't seem amen to get through this by a lie or a cheating, I'm going to just run away. And Jacob found himself in that position as he ran from his brother Esau that was looking to murder him. And years later, he finds himself uh, a man that he is in Laban's house. And Laban's got his claws into Jacob. He's got it into his family. He's got it into his finances. He's got his claws into his kids. And Jacob thinks to himself, I can't lie my way out of this. I can't cheat my way out of this. And so Jacob, in the middle of the night, he gathers everything he can and says, we're going to run from our problems again. Can I help somebody? It is never the will of God for you to run from your problems. It's human nature, but it's fallen human nature. We weren't called to run from trouble. We weren't called to run from problems. We were created to run into trouble and to run into problems. We were created to face everything that we are scared of. We were called, amen, to face everything with faith, not run in fear. We were called to stand up in adversity and not to cower and not to hide. Jacob is not the ideal character, but he is a representation of our humanity. And Jacob runs from Jacob. Jacob runs from Esau. And Jacob runs from Laban. But the Bible would say that as he is going, Esau starts coming his direction. And Laban starts coming at him. And there comes a point in life where Jacob can no longer run. He can't run from Esau. And he can't run from Laban. He can't run from his past. And he can't run from his problems. And the Bible would say that Jacob was left alone until the breaking of the day. In other words, Jacob had run from his family 
family. He had run from his problems. He had run from every one of his mistakes. But there came a moment in Jacob's life where he could not even run from himself. He was left alone. There was nothing else that he could run from. He had run from Leah. He had run from Rachel. He had run from his responsibilities and tried to get alone. But it was in that position of aloneness where he could run no more that the Bible says there wrestled with him an angel of the Lord until the breaking of the day. In other words, Jacob was just trying to think of a strategy. Jacob was trying to find another way to run. Jacob was just going about his own business. But God interrupted Jacob at that moment. It was God. It was a divine interruption from God where he showed up and said, Jacob, you can't run from who you are and you can't run from who you've been any longer. And in that divine interruption, it was God that put his thigh out of joint and changed him from being a liar, a cheat, and a thief to being a prince that has prevailed with God. It happened because of a divine interruption. We could move forward and find ourselves in the book of Exodus and find a man by the name of Moses. Moses, who was born an Israelite, but raised in the house of Pharaoh. Raised with a silver spoon in his mouth. Amen. But there came a day where Moses got tired of all of the blessings and the pleasures of sin for a season. And he was tired of Egypt and the world and all of this mess that he thought, I'm going to do something about this. And he, he kills an Egyptian trying to hurt another Israelite. He was trying to deliver himself and deliver his people one Egyptian at a time. But God doesn't operate that way on one Egyptian at a time. My Bible says later on that God drowned all of Pharaoh and his chariots and his horsemen. Amen. In the watery grave of baptism in the Red Sea. God doesn't want to face your enemies or have you face your enemies one at a time. God wants to drown them all in one act of submission and obedience. But this, this Moses this Moses is doing everything he can Amen. To, to somehow fulfill the will of God without being in the will of God. To fulfill the will of God without submitting his life to the will of God. And there he finds himself in trouble. He, he kills an Egyptian and Pharaoh seeks Moses' life. And so he runs off in the wilderness. And for 40 years he tends to his father-in-law's sheep. But it was there in the wilderness where he was avoiding his true calling. He was avoiding what God really wanted from his life. The Bible says that there in the middle of nowhere, there appeared a burning bush. And this burning bush was not consumed. Moses was content to avoid his calling. He'd made a mistake and he realized it. And Moses would rather just hang out where he was. But God interrupted his avoidance. God interrupted his, his retirement. God interrupted where he was. And he interrupted his job. And there God began to speak to Moses and call Moses to go back into Egypt and to bring his people out with a mighty hand. And all of Israel was delivered because of a divine interruption. We can move forward 
and we could move to the New Testament. And we would find a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus, who the Bible says was making waste of the church of God. He was destroying it. Every city that he went into, he would go and he would rip families apart. He would put people in stocks and bonds and prisons. He would make sure that people that were of this way, the apostolic way, were no longer allowed to worship. They were no longer allowed to be, amen, uh, together and to serve God. And this Saul, whose heart was against, uh, amen, the people of God, the Bible says he was on his way to Damascus after having received letters. Uh, Saul was on his way to another city. Amen. To try and to hurt the church. But on that way to Damascus, my Bible says there was a divine interruption. There was a great light that shone from heaven. And it knocked Saul right off of his high horse. And he was blinded for a season. He was on his way, amen, to destroy the church. But God interrupted him. He was headed on a way to destroy something that was of God and to destroy something that was good. Can I preach to every demonic force that is trying to stop the church of the living God? There's a light that's going to shine from heaven. It's going to cause blindness upon eyes, and it's going to cause people to fall off their high horse where they thought they were in a position above everybody else. I've come to tell you that God is going to come through. There's going to be a divine interruption, and God's church will excel, and God's church will arrive and God's church will exceed all expectations let's love him for just a few moments Come on, Saul of Tarsus, who was on his way to destroy the church, became the greatest preacher of the New Testament church because of a divine interruption, because God interrupted man's life. Let's pray. Let's pray. Hallelujah. It was Saul of Tarsus who was interrupted by God, a divine interruption that stopped him from it, it stopped him from going down the wrong path. Amen. It stopped him. He thought he was doing the will of God, but he was not. He was doing the will of the enemy. He thought he was being a blessing to the kingdom of God, but he was being a deterrent to the kingdom of God. But God, in his goodness and his mercy, I want to help somebody. The Bible says in the book of Romans that it is the goodness of God, the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Amen. It, it, is, it is that uh, where Saul was on his way to a devil's hell and didn't even know it. Uh, and he was zealous for what he thought was the right thing. Uh, amen. And God interrupted him. Uh, I want to tell somebody that God is on his way. Uh, amen. To interrupt people that are on their way to hell. Uh, God is starting to bring about interruption to people. Amen. That, that were zealous for their religiosity. Uh, there's going to be other denominations that God is showing them a great light and God's bringing about a divine interruption. There's people that are hooked on drugs that during this season, God has brought about a great interruption. There's been wealthy businessmen and women that have had to take a moment and they've had a divine interruption where they had to sit back and think and they weren't able to see where their future was. They were had to sit back and think about where their life was where their soul was and God began to speak to people in this season God is bringing about great interruption 
I'm thankful for the day that God interrupted my life. I'm thankful to God for the day that while I was depressed and suicidal and I put a knife to my wrist to end it all, that was a loving God in heaven that said, no, I'm not going to let that happen. I got a greater plan for your life. There's many in the apostolic church, in apostolic revival center that could testify. I was on my way to hell, but God interrupted me. There was a divine interruption in my life. It might have been a sickness. It might have been a car wreck. It might have been something else happen in your world. It could have been the love of God. It might have been a voice from God. It could have been your friend inviting you to church. It could have been your neighbor. It could have been somebody you never met, but that was God bringing about a divine interruption. Oh, somebody love them all across the building, right where you are. Lift up your voice and let's pray for just a few moments. Come on, there's going to be divine interruptions in your world. There's going to be divine interruptions, and they're going to bless you. There's going to be divine interruptions, and they're going to save you. There's going to be divine interruptions, and they're going to heal you. Let's pray. My Bible would say, such were some of you. I'm very grateful for the day that God interrupted my life and interrupted my, my train of thought and interrupted in my depression and interrupted in my suicidal thoughts and interrupted when I was on my way to a devil's hell. And there's many that could testify if it had not been for the goodness of the Lord, I don't know where I would be. Such were some of us. We were lost. We were undone. But God, but the grace of God that appears to all men to salvation, it appeared to us and interrupted. We were drunks. We were alcoholics. We were drug addicts. We were all messed up, but the goodness of the Lord showed up and interrupted our way of life. I think one of the greatest things that could ever come from this season is the interruption of life. And I've been thinking a lot about all of the plans that I had and all of the, the things that I had uh, had thought would be good ideas and, 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 and all the things that I wish I could be doing. But I'm grateful for a God that brings about interruptions in life. Never has there been a greater time, amen, to reflect and to think than right now. And I, I think why most people are bothered, and I'm just going to talk about this, not in my notes, but I think why most people are bothered by, by this season is they are so scared of being alone with their own thoughts. They are so scared of the person that looks them in the mirror every day. They would rather have the noise of busyness, and they'd rather have the noise of this world, and they'd rather have the noise of other things going on than to have an interruption in that noise, a moment of solitude, a moment of silence where they've got to be forced to sit back and to focus in on what really matters. It's easy to think that your job is the most important thing, but what happens when it's divinely interrupted? It's easy to think that your 401K is the most important thing, but what happens when that gets interrupted? It's, it's easy to think that all these other things are the most important, but all of a sudden God comes in and interrupts everything and says, entertain. 
entertainment is not the most important. Money is not the most important. And he starts readjusting and the church starts realizing fellowship is most important. Friendship is most important. Family is most important. Interruptions force us to refocus. They force us to readjust. And that is exactly what we've had to do in this season. And I believe it's the hand of God. Let's lift our hands and let's pray. Come on, let's pray right now. Somebody needs to allow. Why don't you welcome this season? Why don't you thank God for this season? And say, thank you, Lord, that I've got time to think. Thank you, Lord, that I've got time to work things out. Thank you, Lord, that I've got time, amen, to seek your face and to counsel things before the Lord. And it's, I want to thank God for an interruption that causes me to pause. And co come on, somebody, I'm preaching to somebody right now. Let's pray. I thank God for a divine interruption that causes me, amen, to shift the way I've been living and shift the way I've been thinking. Come Come on, you might have been on your way to hell and not even know it, but God interrupted you. Amen. If you look through the ministry of Jesus, it is wrought with interruptions. We would see Jesus showing up to Lazarus's funeral. He's just a few days late. And they are trying to mourn, but Jesus shows up and interrupts their mourning by resurrecting Lazarus. But the interruptions, the divine interruption, is not one-sided. If you look through the ministry of Jesus, you will find time and time again that Jesus is trying to accomplish something. Jesus is trying to do something. And out of nowhere, he is interrupted. We find that there is, amen, a, a, a time where Jesus is teaching and his house that he is teaching in is so crowded. There is no room at the door. There is no room at the window. People have completely surrounded the house where Jesus is teaching. But there was five people, amen, that understood. Uh, I've got to interrupt Jesus' teaching because right now what I am facing is more important uh, than anything that he could be saying right now. Uh, I've got a present condition and a present need. Uh, and the Bible says there was one lame man uh, that was born of four friends, uh, four friends that were not as dysfunctional as he was. Uh, can I preach to somebody for a moment uh, who you hang out with matters. You don't need to hang out with people that are as messed up as you are, as dysfunctional as you are. You need people that when you can't carry yourself, they will put you on their shoulders and carry you. You need people that when you can't pray for yourself, will lift you up in prayer, will dig you down to where Jesus is. And in the middle of Jesus' teaching, the Bible says they broke the roof and uncovered the roof where Jesus was. And they let this lame man down. But my Bible never says Jesus got offended or Jesus got mad. My Bible says that he looked at that man and said, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Amen. Jesus took care of his forgiveness need. And then he said, Take up your bed and walk. It was a divine interruption. They interrupted the divine. They interrupted God. And there was 
was a healing that took place. Amen. There's many times where we see this happen. In our text, the Bible says that Jesus is on his way to heal a 12-year-old girl. Jairus has said and begged Jesus, my little girl is dying. She's so sick that the doctors don't know what to do. I have no other choice. As a religious leader, he would be mocked for going to Jesus, but he was beyond the point of mockery. He was beyond the point of caring what anybody else thought, and he fell down at the feet of Jesus and begged him, will you please come and heal my 12-year-old girl? But I want to notice when this happened. Jesus was at the seaside. He was teaching the multitudes and this this man didn't care what Jesus was doing right there he said I've got to interrupt the divine I've got to interrupt Jesus because I've got a need that's so desperate Jesus agreed to come and on the way the Bible says the multitudes thronged him they were grabbing at him they were trying to just touch the master and in the middle of this we find a woman the Bible says of this woman that she had been suffering an issue of blood 12 long years. I want this to sink in for a moment uh, that Jesus is on his way. Uh, he's got a new focus. Uh, he's got a new task. Uh, there's a 12-year-old girl uh, that I've got to heal. Uh, and there comes a woman uh, that's been suffering uh, as long as this little girl's been alive. Uh, she's been hurt and she's been wounded. Uh, and the Bible says of her that she spent all that she had on physicians uh, and on doctors. Uh, but she only grew worse. She had tried everything, but it left her hurting. She had tried everything, but it left her broke. She tried everything, but it only made her get sicker, and it made her get worse. And here's an opportunity. She sees Jesus, and he's on his way to heal the 12-year-old girl. I'm sure she heard the interruption of Jarius. I'm sure she understood. He's already been interrupted one time. I can't interrupt him. She didn't want to interrupt Jesus. Surely she thought to herself, Jesus has got to be too busy for me. He's already on his way. That little girl, amen, maybe her need is more important than my need. And she didn't want to bother the master. She didn't want to bother Jesus. She didn't want to interrupt him. But there was something that was going on on the inside of her that was hurting, that was broken that said I've got to get to Jesus there was a desperation on the inside of this woman that says I might be a little rude but I've got to stop Jesus I've got to interrupt him let's pray right now for just a few moments I'm almost done preaching I'm almost done preaching but I gotta help somebody that they're thinking to themselves, Jesus is too busy for me. Uh, my problems are, are, are big and they, they've gotten worse. But, but, but surely Jesus' attention has got to be on other people and not on me. She didn't want to bother Jesus. She didn't want to interrupt. That's why the Bible says she snuck through the crowd. She didn't have the... She, she had faith. Don't get me wrong, she had faith. But she didn't have... The, 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 the tenacity, if you will, of, Je of Jarius. She did not have his, his ability to just stop everything that was going on. She did not have 
his status. She did not have his stature. She did not have his level of importance, or so she thought. And so she did not stop Jesus at the very front, but she went and she snuck through the back of the crowd and she barely got a hold of the hem of Jesus' garment. For she said in herself, if I may but just touch his clothing, if I might just get a very small touch of the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. She didn't have uh, maybe it's the, the, the lack uh, 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 she didn't have a lack of, 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 of making sure she was going to get healed uh, she, she didn't have a lack of manners if you will she went in uh, and she snuck in the back uh, she may not have had tenacity like Jarius uh, but she had the faith uh, that she could be healed uh, and she didn't need a lot of Jesus uh, she just needed a little bit uh, she didn't want all of Jesus' time uh, she she just wanted a little bit. She didn't need Jesus' attention. She just needed a little grab onto his garment. And the Bible says she reached through that crowd. I'm sure in her, in her haste to reach through the crowd, she was stepped on. But her need was too important. She reached through that crowd and she, she touched the hem of his garment. The Bible says she was made whole from that very moment. And she did all this without having to interrupt Jesus, or so she thought. Jesus stopped right where he was. The Bible says he felt virtue flow. And, and, and in that moment, he's beginning to ask the question, who touched me? Who interrupted me? And this woman who had snuck in the back of the crowd snuck out of the crowd as fast as she could. She was not trying to cause a scene. She was not trying to interrupt him. But nevertheless, amen, she interrupted Jesus. And Jesus stopped right where he was. And Jesus said, if you're going to interrupt me, you can't sneak in and sneak out. I want to preach to somebody for a moment. There's people that would say, Jesus is too busy for me. God has got too much going on right now for me and maybe you're listening to this or you're tuned in and you just want a little bit of God and you want a little peace and you've already felt that and you're quick to say well let me sneak back out before I really get to know Jesus let me sneak back out before I have a conversation with him I want to tell you Jesus is not interested in just healing people Jesus is interested in having a relationship with people he has no problem being interrupted as long as he can have a conversation. He has no problem with people stopping him in his tracks as long as they're willing to get to know him. He has no problem blessing people and healing people as long as he also has the opportunity to minister into the lives of people. And he stopped her right where she was and said, who touched me? And all the disciples and those that thronged him thought to themselves, how crazy is this? And I'm sure Jarius got a little frustrated. 
my need is important. We need to get to that house and heal my daughter. But Jesus had a revelation Jairus didn't have. This interruption that happened by this woman is just as important as what you got going on. Your 12-year-old daughter is sick, and I'm on my way to heal her. But before I get there, I want you to know that there's a woman that's been suffering for 12 years, and she's grown worse, and she's just as important. Can I preach to somebody that you can interrupt God? You can come by, and you might think everybody else's need is more important than your need, but that's not the way that Jesus sees it. Jesus says anybody that's willing and has got the courage and the faith to reach out and interrupt my procession of going to heal somebody else, anybody that's got the tenacity and the faith to interrupt me is worthy of a conversation. Anybody that's willing to step out in faith and interrupt me is going to get the opportunity at my full attention. Let's stand and lift up our hands. Come on, right where you are. If you've got the faith to say, Lord, I know I've been taught my whole life not to interrupt, but Jesus, I know you got a lot going on, but what I've got going on in my world desperately, desperately, desperately needs a touch from you. If you're willing to interrupt God, you're going to have his full attention. He's going to stop right where he is, and he will communicate. Oh, let's pray. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. God, we love you. We thank you. God, we give you praise. Come on. I want you to know that God will interrupt interrupt you right where you are. But you have the opportunity right where you are. That if he's passing by, Bartimaeus, you can cry out. And you can stop the master. Amen. He could be walking on his way to heal somebody else. And woman with the issue of blood, you can reach out and grab him. He can be teaching and busy. But you can claw through the roof. And you can interrupt him. And she interrupted Jesus, even though she wasn't trying to. She was just trying to sneak in and sneak out. My Bible says that Jesus stopped. Who touched me? And I'm sure Peter said, I touch you. Everybody touch you. But he said, no, 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 no. This was different. And the woman who was scared at first said, it was I that touched you. And Jesus forgot about the crowds he forgot about what was going on there was there was something this interruption amen it caused him to refocus on this one woman i wonder how many people in that crowd amen if they would have had the faith of this woman how many people in that crowd if they'd have just said man what i've got is just so important i don't care if it stops this momentum i've got to get a hold of jesus amen i've been in church services where people got this revelation where they didn't wait for the preacher to stop preaching they didn't even wait for the songs to get done singing but they were so desperate for God. They were so they didn't care if it interrupted everybody's everybody's worship service. They ran to that altar. And though you can't physically run to this altar, you can make an altar in your home and you can say, Lord, what I've got is so important. I don't want to interrupt you, but but God, if I could for just a moment have some of your attention. She interrupted Jesus. She interrupted the divine. And get this. As she tried to sneak away, 
he interrupted her. He said, no, 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 no. You're not going to just touch and leave. You're not going to just get a touch and walk out. But we're going to have a conversation. And there's people right now that are listening to this that you've got desperate needs and you've been suffering as long as some people have been alive and you've had troubles, but I've come to help you here today that if you can reach out and touch the hem of his garment, you will stop Jesus dead in his tracks. You will interrupt him. But, but, but I want you to know that if you try to leave and walk away from his presence, he's going to run after you and he's going to interrupt. You're walking away. He's going to interrupt. Amen. Your exit. He's going to say, hold on. I want to have a conversation with you. Hold on. I want to talk with you. Hold on. I want to give you my undivided attention. She interrupted Jesus. But Jesus interrupted her. And she tried to go home and act like nothing happened. She tried to go to church, get on the live stream, hear the word of God, feel the worship, feel the presence, and then sneak off and, and not be noticed. I want to preach to somebody uh, that when this is all said and done, uh, there's people that you've watched on this live stream uh, faithfully across our city, and you've never stepped foot in church, uh, and you said, I'm just going to slowly get a little bit of what I need. Uh, but, but when this is all said and done, uh, I want to encourage you. Jesus is wanting to give you his attention. Uh, you've got to make your way to the house of God. You've got to come to the the house of the Lord. You got to repent of your sins. You got to be baptized in Jesus name. You got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't walk away. Let God interrupt your walking away. I want us to pray. I'm done preaching right here. Her interruption led to his interruption. It led to his undivided attention on this woman that thought nobody cared, that thought I'm only going to get worse, that my life is only going to go downhill. But now she can say, I talk with Jesus and I know him. Friend, I want to encourage you right now where you are to lift up your hands and begin to start a conversation with God. Being filled with the Holy Ghost is often as simple as starting a conversation with God and beginning to talk with Him and say, Lord, it was me that was standing in need. I was the one that crawled through the crowd. I was the one that interrupted you. In the middle of this preaching, there's people that you've lifted up your hands and you felt God. But I want you to know God is stopping you right where you are. He's interrupting you back and He's saying, let's pray. Let's talk. Let's commune. I stand at the door and I knock. Open it up. Open it up. Let the divine interruption into your world. I want us to pray right now. As we begin to sing in the name of Jesus, I want you to pray. When you reach out and interrupt God, I want you to know that God's going to reach back into your life and he's going to begin to interrupt. Come on. There was sickness in her world, but God interrupted the sickness. There's other people that were lost in sin, but God interrupted their life of sin. There was some that were dead, but he interrupted their death and brought resurrection. There were those who were blind, but he interrupted their blindness and brought their sight. Others were deaf but he interrupted their condition and brought forth hearing. I want us to pray in the name of Jesus. Come on right where you are in the name of Jesus. Come on he's interrupting your home right now. 
He's, 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 he's bringing his ultimate undivided presence into your home right now. It's a divine interruption. Come on, because you asked him, because you reached out to him, he reached back. Come on, right where you are, let's pray. 